Welcome to our community. This is Sarah Tova Best. We are in Parshish Mishpatim, and our focus has become, you know, the feminine, uh, as the flyer says, healing the heart and soul of the world with feminine life. Um, and we've been working on this for several weeks leading up to Chafeshvat, around Basi Lagani, which is all about my sister, my bride, that's feminine, and Chafeshvat, the Rebetzin, etc. And actually Chafdalid, Tavis, Chafdalid Shvat, I think, is the your side of Rebetzin Menucha Rachel, I believe. I believe so. So, all of this. So when it comes to Parshas Mishpatim, we want to see it from a feminine point of view. Parshas Mishpatim is, is um, let's just say it this way. It is the entrance point, the entry point of the nations of the world, that means non-Jewish people, to Tyra. Think about it. Because, you know, we're not going to go through the, the three different types of laws. You know, they're hooking the Eidos and Mishpatim, the ones that, that make no rational sense and the ones that remind you of things like Shabbos, that Hashem created the world. And then there are Mishpatim that anybody can figure them out. And normal, healthy people, or the way people used to be somewhat healthy 10 years ago or five years ago, would find them logically sane, logically valid. You know, don't steal, don't don't murder, don't this, don't that. So, if that's the case, um, this is a very special parsha. That it's, in a way, what's feminine about that? Because women like to be all inclusive. In other words, women will say, "No, no, come in, come in, please join us." And men will say, "You know, I just did the masculine approach, which is, excuse me, um, we have something going on here. Could you please?" And then there's the feminine approach. No, no, let's welcome everybody. Right? So it's interesting that when we're talking about Parshish Mishpatim, in a way it sounds so masculine because it's all about this is the law and you have to do it. And yet it's so feminine in that it's that all-inclusive feminine instinct of, no, but the nations of the world also have to be involved in Tyra and join our, 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 our love for Hashem. And it's not a Mishagat that a few weird women dreamed up, God forbid, but rather, I want to make sure we're recording, but rather that Mashiach himself, we keep saying Mashiach himself is a perfect blend of masculine and feminine energy. We were saying the other day on Chafeshvat, we were bringing, and we were saying that in the Svartic countries, Svardim, the women, they're very smart. They actually run the country and they run the society. <clears throat> but the men have never figured it out. Now that's called a smart wi- a smart woman, right? And those women, they, 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 they know how to do it. So there was a woman here who I think is Persian or something. I don't know. She said I'm Svardim. And the reason, the reason that it works is because she said they respect their husbands, which is an interesting idea. Because even though this is a very feminine generation, and the Geula is, is feminine, yet, and we are in the generation of Malchus, the seventh generation, which is Malchus, feminine, but we're only here because we had all six generations in all of history with a very masculine approach before. If we are the midgets on the shoulders of giants, the giants had that more masculine approach. Judaism was much more masculine then. Not just men go to shul, but the approach of just do it. Not to the nishma. Don't ask questions. Just do it. 
That's more the masculine approach. The feminine approach is let's, uh, I'll coach you through a process in which you come to the reality in a Maisa Mashiach, which is that, um, mitzvahs potatoes lasted lava. Mitzvahs will be bottle in the future. No mitzvahs? Mashiach comes and there are no mitzvahs? What a waste. No, 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 no. There's no tzivui. There's no command to do a mitzvah. We will automatically want to do those. Or from a very, a place of a very, very deep will, we will want to do those mitzvahs. So, it, so the, it's not that the mitzvah is buckled. The tzivui, the command is buckled. So if that's the case, that the, the command will be gone, that masculine approach, just do it. Just do it, Nike. Just do it. To the feminine approach of enabling a person to come to their deepest will so that they don't realize that you were part of the process. They just find themselves transformed, and they thought they did it themselves, or they don't know how they got, got there. Or <clears throat> the ultimate is that they recognize that Hashem simply is sending them a gift. And that they are receiving the gift and they are opening up like a flower in their relationship as Hashem's bride and Hashem's sister. Okay, so back to this topic of, of the masculine feminine. So here's Parshish Vishpatim and it's in an invitation for the world, for the nations of the world to step into having a relationship with Tyra and having having their connection with Hashem. All of these things are things that make sense to them. We'll see later on in the Sikha. Therefore, and as we say, it's very feminine. You know, come on, let the non-nations also be involved. Well, what did they do to us? You know what they did to us? Okay, but, you know, some of them are good. That's very feminine. As we said, because Mashiach has a, a perfect blend. He's very... Intensely feminine with the perfect blend of masculine energy. Only Mashiach. There is no one who has that perfect blend of masculine and feminine in the world other than Mashiach himself. So therefore, this Sikha that was said in Tashin and Days 1992, Zach is speaking about something that happened in the world <clears throat> that was predicted, you know, thousands of years ago. And it was predicted by, I believe, the Radak. And also in Yeshaya. They will beat their swords into plowshares. Now that's so feminine. That's so feminine. Because women are the ones who are making sure, Mamala, S, 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 you know. Somebody owned a bungalow colony. And she told me that they had a Russian crowd one year. And they had a, um, in their colony. And they had a rule, no food in the swimming pool. You know, you can see it, you know. You have to fish it out. It's a big maintenance problem. It's a, big, it's a very expensive issue to clean it. But there was this one, this one bubby that when she would come with the kids, maybe the mother was in the, in the city working, when she would come with the kids to the pool, she would come with the bananas and the sandwiches and the wafers and this. So my friend who owned the colony said, I'm sorry, we have a rule. No, you know, for this hour, no that you're here at the pool, no, no sitting, no eating here. So the grandmother was, 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 well, she didn't know what to do. She said, over oh, the skin was essen. The child has to eat, you know, kind of like, 
What's going to happen to him if he can't eat during that hour? You can't do that to him. You can't have this rule. The child has to eat. S, mamala, S, eat, 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 eat. You're too thin. What do you mean I'm too thin? I'm trying to, I'm, I'm on the keto diet already the past two years. How can you tell me I'm too thin, you know? So, so we're the ones that like eat, 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 eat. You have to eat, eat, put them, put them, something on your bones. So it's interesting. Swords are very masculine. I'll get the guy. Boom, 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 boom. Pull out the sword. I hate your boots. You know, you, you, you told me you don't like my boots. Take out your sword. Boom, boom, boom. We have a duel. It's masculine. Fight it to the end with our swords. <clears throat> Plowshares are about making food. The skin was essen. Right? It's so feminine. So it's saying here that this um this nevuah that was said that was said you know a few thousand years ago is that all of the things that were used to create the opposite of life God forbid will now be used to nurture people to nourish people to give them food. So the warrior will t- turn into a Jewish mother. Right, and peace. Women like peace. We, women like peace. Men like war and women like peace. Right. Well, let's not say that. Let's say the masculine energy. Right. The masculine energy is that the masculine, the, the men, the men like, the masculine energy likes, likes war and the feminine energy likes peace because today everybody's a blend of that. So therefore, when we come to a moment in history where that um, nevuah actually starts to happen, that's pretty amazing. And that moment came when the Lubavitcher Rebbe said that that year, Erev Shabbos, the heads of state of the, 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 the superpowers got together, and really the heads, the presidents, etc., and they made a decision that this begins a new era in the relationship between one nation and another, which is Bittul Matav Shomuchamas Bein Medinas Island. Let's get rid of war. This was then, 1992. Let's get rid of war. And how was it expressed? They said, let's get rid of a lot of our weapons. Now, the fact that now we have a war going on in Ukraine, Russia, where that fits in, um, I've read different articles about how that fits in, and I forgot what they said. So, I don't know. Leave it to your imagination. We don't go backwards. Once the Rebbe says this, this is true, the fact that we've, well, you know, I'm just going to offer this thought. Um, Throughout the generations, we were used to senseless wars. I'm, uh, you know, I don't like you. I'm going to. This is not a senseless war now. Again, I don't want to upset anybody because I, I, I'm not a very big uh, expert in politics, and I don't know if anybody thinks this guy's a good one, good guy, and this guy's a bad guy. Seems to me, just I don't want to add things. But before this war started last year, or whenever before, a few months before it started, I read a speech by Putin. I'm not saying he's any big tzaddik, but I read a speech, and he said the American people are doing what we got rid of, what we were doing a hundred years ago. And we realized how horrible it was, which was the communist approach. He said, we're done with that. Why are you guys now taking on something that we experimented with, which is communism, and realized how horrible it is? 
And he really described in detail some of the horrific ramifications that you don't even want to think about. And he said, we the Russian people, we've been, been there, done that. We will not go back to that. So if you're going to put muscle, missiles, if, 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 let's say, Ukraine is going to join NATO, which means we will have missiles at our border pointing at us, which means you're, you're, you'll join NATO and, you know, you'll, you guys can destroy us any minute, we will, we will defend ourselves. Now, again, that's a simple understanding of it. I don't know all the details, and I'm no political science expert, so anybody's welcome to. I might be completely off, but I'm just saying this, no doubt, is not one of those senseless wars where, you know, I guess in that part of the world, when they want to defend themselves, they really do it big time, and they don't care whom they destroy. I got it. I'm not going to condone it. But it, this is clearly a different war. This is not a throwback to before 1992. That's the difference. Right. Right. So once we switch into um, they will beat their swords into plowshares, we don't go back. The swords, and wherever you go, you see examples of swords into plowshares. Of this that was used, even an example is, you know, the very same situation a perfect example is cell phones are not really the most positive. Cell phones are really not the most uh, a positive thing in terms of uh, radiation. Let's say so the te the technology, the computers, cell phones, the technology of all this stuff is not so great. On the other hand, the same technology is then used to fix this technology. This could be done, you know, we know all that stuff. All the phones and all that could actually work in a way that's healthy for us. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it's just the, the guys at the top who are severely unethical would rather make more money this way. They could make healthy phones. They won't make as much money. But the technology is there to make healthy phones and healthy computers and et cetera. The technology is there. And so we're saying the same technology that's there to, seems there to work against this, God forbid, is also working in our favor. Um, so um, what happens, this whole thing, we want to understand this idea that at that moment in Parshish Mishpatim that these nations got together, Russia and the United States, and they said, let's reduce our arms. Let's go into, we're in the first in Aleph. Let's go into the desert and blow up a lot of our arms, and let's take a lot of our budget. In other words, they didn't really literally take us a sword and then beat it into a plowshare like they have in front of the UN, kind of a statue looking like that. It's more, I'm not going to say metaphorical, but the money that you would normally use for war, you then use to better people's lives. That's what it is. And so... The question that's going to be asked is, why did it happen now? Why did it happen here? Why did it happen in this Parsha and all of that? Why did it happen here and why did it happen? Yeah, yeah. Right. In other words, why did it happen in 1992? Why did it happen? Here are the questions. What does it mean now? Why did it happen in 1992? Why did it happen in New York? Why did it happen um, 
at this point in history? Why did it happen uh, in Parshat Mishpatim? What, et cetera. Why did it happen? Where, when? This is a nevuah that was said by Yeshaya a few thousand years ago, but it never became actual real life. Now, by the way, one of the things is the way we do these shirim is in a way that is in a way that we do it we do it in real life to try to take all these ideas out of Tyre and say, what does it look like in real life? Take it from, you know, wow, that teacher was so brilliant. They talked about Atik and Arif and all this and what is it? And I don't know what it is, but they're really brilliant. Forget that. That's the masculine way. A bunch of info that sounds impressive and nobody knows what to do with. You know, for instance, if somebody in your family comes home with a bunch of food, let's say everybody in the family is allergic to uh, peanut butter, and they come, they say, look what I got on sale. I brought home 15 jars of peanut butter. Your thought is, <clears throat> nobody here eats peanut butter. What are we going to do with it? It's essentially useless. It's nice stuff, but it's essentially useless, and I really don't have time to start looking around for people who need it. So all of this stuff, from a masculine point of view, they're happy. They just have info in their head, all these nakudas. Wow. And we say, what am I going to do with it? You know, what am I going to do with all this peanut butter? Nobody here eats it. Oh, so I could make uh, for a kindergarten, you know, peanut butter cookies, uh, peanut butter, who knows what. So the feminine way, when the Rebbe says, because the Rebbe has that uniquely feminine approach, when the Rebbe says, okay, what do we do with this? What is this really? Yeshaya said they'll beat their swords and flashes. Oh, that's such a sweet, you know, you ever learn the song in camp? But what does it really mean? What does it look like in everyday life? I don't know, never thought about it. The Rebbe says, well, we want to start being really female in that we say, well, what is this in everyday life? Yeah, so the Rebbe says what it means in everyday life is they take the money that they were going to use for war and they use it for economic things that are for the good of the people in the country. That's, that's the basic, what do we do with it? You know, let's be practical. That's the feminine approach. So, um, now, who's the one who activates it? Well, the one and only in the entire world who has that perfect blend of masculine and feminine energy. Because there is an upside to the feminine energy, and we're talking about it all the time in this series. What's the downside to the feminine energy? We, we are more dreamy. We can, we can embrace other realities. And sometimes we don't necessarily get them done. Men are like, okay, let's do it. Just do it. So there, there is an advantage to the, to the masculine energy, which is get things done. So here the Rebbe is saying, so obviously, sorry, obviously it's got to be that this new era is activated by Mashiach himself. The Rebbe says, This thing of swords into plowshares, to get it done, you need Melech Mashiach with his determination. And at the same time, you need his sensitivity in bringing a world that loves war to become a world that doesn't love war anymore. How do you do that? Right, only Mashiach himself could do it. 
As it says, v'shatat ben agayim v'achiyach la'amim rabim. And he will judge between the nations, etc. And he, he will bring them to that. Who is it? Radak says, hashayfet u'melech ha'mashiyach. The one who judges between the nations and coaches them. The ultimate life coach. The one who coaches them there is, to that is Melech HaMashiach. Shehiyya adan akkala amim v'hu yachiyach lahem v'yomer l'misha yintaba o yashar ma. He brings them to a point where they say, you know what? Very interesting. As it's going to say here, mitnei zelot yel mochama bin am la'am v'yashin b'nein. He brings them to a point where they get bored with war Leave the word bored for a second. They get, they're, they become, war doesn't seem as yummy as it used to. All through the generations, the most fun thing for kings of countries to do was make a war. They really considered it quite fun. They, if a king, you know, the king of Prussia, or the king of France, didn't do a war in his day, with what are you a man? Yeah, he's a wimp, exactly. With what are you a man? What are you, the missus? The little lady? He has to make a war. And conquer another nation. This is like, this is their fun. So, what would it take to be the leader that brings them to the point where they don't feel like doing the war anymore? Now, it's not only that you have to change their mood. Come on, when you're dealing with men and kings, you know, this is their language. You can't just put them in a different mood. You need to also change the economic, political, and social scenes in the world. And that's, right? If you've got to have all that set up. You know, men might say, you're right, I went to this, I went to this, um, this self-help group and we all talked about, let's give up war and I'm the king of Prussia and I worked with, what's the guy, the guy, the big tall guy that, you know, the, the, the coach, I forget, the, you know, so I worked with this big life coach. I'm the king of Prussia. I'm the king of France and I worked with the, the big life coach and he brought me to the point where I say, I want peace. But then I go home to my government and they say, you want peace, but what about the money situation? What about the policy? What about, what about your manhood? I said, you're right. What do I do? So the one who gets them to that not only has to coach them into a different mood, he literally has to change the economics and the political system and the social system and all that stuff in the world. Now, I didn't make this up. I read this in an article by Rabbi Tauger. He said, why do the nations come to a point where they no longer want to make war? It doesn't pay. It's too expensive. Boom. There was a change in the economic system. You know, somebody once said that, very kind of secular person, she said, people were saying that there's a concern, this was many years ago during dollars, when dollars were given out. Economists are concerned what's going to happen to the economy because the Lubavitcher Rebbe is taking so many dollar bills out of circulation and they don't go back into circulation and it's going to have an effect on the economy. Economists said it. And they are concerned what's going to be with the economy. Isn't that interesting? So maybe there was a big effect on the economy. I'm not an economist. <clears throat> Think about that, right? So that's, that's, that's a combination of masculine, you know, getting it done, and very feminine planning, figuring out behind the scenes, very, very, very wise. Wise, not just do Oh, get it done. But wise, wise, you know, feminine wise, wise way of thinking, okay, what do we need to do that the economy is gently shifted in a different direction? So that when these big kings of all these places decide that they want to do war, they say, forget it, too expensive. 
And then all the other things. And all the other things that socially everything to switch it. Okay. So, um, and that's why because you will bring them to that point, there won't be war between the nations. There will be peace. It's such a, a and at the end of days, it says, Harabais, every Bavinaru Kala going and they will stream, all of the nations will stream to, to the mountain of Hashem. They will recognize that they will recognize that Tyra that Tyra comes from this place. They will come, recognize where truth comes from, that it comes from Tyra, and they will all stream towards it. Now that takes, quite honestly, that takes a Mashiach to bring them to that point, who has a perfect combination of male and female energy to get the nations, you know. Kumeher Mamala, you know, Kumala, you know, Kumeher Malachal, to get the nations to come to truth, you can't just be male. Because the men would say, just do it. It's true. Stop fighting it. And the feminine approach would be, you're going to see if something really, you know, don't you want to have a better, a better life, a more prosperous, or this and that. So when you feed yourself on the ultimate truth, it gives you power and success and it gives you truth and better relationships. You wind them and dine them. That's the feminine way. You wind them and dine them. And so, um, so here's the question. Um, when we see, and again, we couldn't have decided our, our, on ourselves, when we see that this is happening in the United Nations, then we know a prophecy has now become real life. So then you want to ask yourself, a prophecy from a few thousand years ago, you read all those, all of those um, Haftairas, there's some really scary prophecies. Forget about those. You know, because the Rebbe says anything negative, any negative prophecy doesn't have to happen. But all those positive ones, wow, wait a minute. So if the first positive prophecy is now real life, hey, then maybe I could read the Haftaira and then I could say, Maybe all of these could become real life. Maybe I could make them be real life. Maybe they are already are in the process of becoming real life. In other words, there's a word that we that that I believe that the Rebbe is telling us to throw in the garbage. It'll you'll never guess it. It starts with a a, a hey, an H, a word to throw in the garbage. No longer is applicable. Halavai, halavai, right? Right? How have I? In other words, would that it could be. What? I hope, I hope, I hope. It's so lame. It's so lame. It's so, in other words, decide. Again, if we are making things up that are not in Tyra. But if Tyra says this stuff is becoming reality, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop it. I'm gonna say, nah, where do you see it becoming reality? Because my vision is so limited, I have to say, no, Tyra's wrong. I'm right. What? Well, get new glasses. So it's an interesting thing. So are we then given permission now to start dreaming and stepping into a reality that we don't quite see in current events? We don't see on CNN, but we do see it in the Hatsairas. So can we start to live the Hatsairas as if they're real and start to live that way as opposed to, I mean, if we could decide that CNN, which is fake news, is real, so that's real fake news. You want to tell me that the Haftarah is fake news? It's true news. So when's it going to become real news? 
metaphorically when I decide to live that way. Oh, wow. Well, that's certainly empowering. But wait, who am I? What do you mean, who are you? You're the Acheris Abayas. You are the, the ground stone, the fundamental force holding up the entire world. Not just your own home, the whole world. You are the Iker of the bias, the dear, but this, this home that Hashem wants in this world. There's somebody who is running the home. This home that Hashem wants to be in the world, who is it? It's you. With your feminine instincts. Well, that's interesting. Well, then I get to run it according to my rules. Everybody takes off their shoes at the front door. I love it. You know, the kids with the, the floors, they don't even have carpets. Like, no, no shoes in our house. Yeah. Right? That stuff? Right. The Canadian, oh, okay. Right? Baby. No shoes in our house because why the floors are so expensive and you might scratch it with your shoes, uh, blah, blah. Fine. Whatever. You walk on this and that. Perfect. I'm in charge of this house. What am I going to do? I'm going to go to your house and say, please take off your shoes. I should have a stick. It's your house. So I can leave. You're in charge of your house. If you say, I hope I didn't offend you by asking you to take off your shoes, is it? Your house. You are allowed to make the rules in your house, hopefully. So we're allowed to make the rules in the house. The house for Hashem, we're the ones to make the rules. So the more then we put ourselves in sync with the truth of Tyra, the more we can make good rules. This is the way it goes. How should it go? It was the way the good enough Tyra says. So, so I'm just going to, we're going to continue tomorrow, but um, I'm going to just go into one or two points. Since, here's the other thing, since we are at the highest time now of Bias the Mashiach, and we see now the Pa'ul of Melech and Mashiach, that he brings the whole world to this, um, we want to look into the time, the place that this happens, and why it happens specifically at that time. And I think I will just, um, which part should I mention? So may we have, maybe usher in, in this unique way, the Gulamitis Vashlema, no more war, total peace, peace within, peace without, internal peace, in every single way, peace in families, and find ourselves in the base of Mekdash Vashlema.